Welcome to the Happy Habit Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Norrie. On this podcast, we like to talk about health, well-being and personal development with listeners in over 100 countries and growing. If you are new, welcome. You can check out some of the previous episodes of which there are now 185 And if you're getting value from this series, please consider subscribing and sharing. Now, regular listeners will know we like to talk to various experts to see if we can glean some advice from them on our journey of self-improvement. And today I'm very pleased to be joined by Emma Coogan, who runs Articulate Now. Emma's mission is to help you speak clearly and present with confidence. Her website is articulate.ie and she joins me now. Emma, thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you, Matthew, for having me. I'm happy to be here. I'll have to watch my P's and Q's and how I articulate myself today. Now I have a, a speaking expert with me on the other line. Speaking, talking, conversing, it's something we do all the time, but it doesn't mean to say that we do it correctly. It can be really problematic. Why is this the case, Emma? I think the big thing is that people just get stuck in their own heads quite a lot. You know, um, like we all have our own unique way of communicating um, and it's very much a part of our personality and who we are. And sometimes, though, we get these ideas in our head that people are really judging the way that we say things or what it is that we're saying. Um, And I think that that kind of is the, the biggest issue. And I think Today in particular now, we've kind of moved on from this idea of, you know, that there's one size fits all, that, you know, we all have to sound the same um, or, you know, that there's set skills that we really need to have. For example, if you're giving giving a presentation, we know now that there's such diversity in how people communicate. um, And that's something that I think should be celebrated. And it's something that I like to promote with people that I work with. Um, So I think, yeah, it's encouraging people to kind of get out of their head and to kind of free themselves to enjoy sharing their personality through their voice um, and even if that's in like a work situation you know not to be afraid to still share part of your personality I think that's really really important. So when you say people get stuck in their heads you mean I presume that people overthink things that would normally come very naturally to them and then try to imbue what they're saying with lots of personality even more so than they're used to is that it? That can be the case and also they get stuck in their head where they're actually critical critiquing the way that they're speaking so that they're kind of having this running commentary in their head of I can't believe you just said that I can't believe you just said that that way and they're so focused on that that they're not present in the situation like if they're in a conversation they're not kind of engaging with that person and feeling fully present they're really just examining everything that they are saying and also it can be that they're like really obsessed with people thinking that they're obsessed with what they're saying and the way they're saying it um, and yes also then what you're you're saying is true that then people feel like they they might need to put on a particular act um, particularly if they are presenting or public speaking they're modeling somebody else or the way that they think they should sound so kind of impersonating almost um, the way they think a great public speaker or a great presenter should sound um, which then just leads to them sounding like obviously fake and inauthentic and that then breaks down that connection between their listener um, whether it's kind of an audience um, for a presentation or just even the person one other person that they're communicating with 
it breaks that um, the connection there or the rapport that could be created. So, you know, that can be a thing. So that's, yeah, just getting out of your head. And sometimes what helps to do that is to kind of focus on that the other person um, or focus on the message that you want to actually share if it is a presentation. It's interesting that you say that people are overly concerned with what the audience is thinking. I, I reviewed a book recently. It's called How to Feel More Confident. It's by Leo Lowndes. It's a great read. And one of the messages in it is that people actually are probably thinking about their own problems when they're listening to you talk. And not everybody's sitting there with a pen and paper judging and critiquing what you're saying. And so if we remember that, we can dial down our anxiety because it's not like we're going to the guillotine here. We're just giving a speech or a talk to somebody in work. Yeah, like we're not the center of the universe. Like sometimes have to, I'm afraid to burst everyone's bubble, but people are thinking about all the things that they need to do and um, things they want to kind of tasks they want to move on to do or what they're going to have for dinner. Like people are not obsessing over us nearly as much um, as as what we think. And, and realizing that can be really freeing for people because, you know, when you, you're, you're reading that, you've read that book and you're kind of accepting that and you probably knew kind of those kind of ideas already. But for a lot of people, that's a really kind of a new concept that people really aren't judging. They're not listening to every word that we're saying and critiquing it. You know, yes, they're thinking about all the other things that they want to think about. So that can be just liberating for people sometimes to just realize that. How does somebody who has a problem with communicating, let's say, in public speaking or let's say they have to give a presentation and work, how do problems with their confidence, with their articulation and their delivery, how does that manifest itself? Can you give some examples? So there can be a number of ways that you could, I suppose, people having this imposter syndrome, first of all. So that idea that, again, coming back to people thinking, way more about them than they realize they could have had maybe a bad experience so i know a lot of people that you know i've worked with maybe like in school were asked to read aloud and they just really hated that maybe somebody laughed and um, maybe they were uh, like criticized that can be a big thing and um, it could be just confidence in just standing up in front of people and um, also a lot of people don't like the sound of their voice so that makes them feel nervous about sharing, you know, sharing their voice. Um, and people can afraid, one of the things like, I work with people a lot and they, if they go to a presentation skills course and it might be one of the pieces of advice that they're given is, oh, be interesting, make sure you add interest to your voice. But they don't know how to do that. And the problem there is that people will either not do that and um, and sound monotonous or they think they have to do maybe this with their voice and they don't understand what they're doing. And it comes out as this almost like um, like a song that they're they're singing and the, the words lose all all kind of meaning. I think the other thing too, I'm certainly guilty of this, I'd say other people probably are, whenever they're giving a speech or talking in public, they speak too quickly. And then you end up tripping over your words, etc. So why do people talk so quickly whenever they do have the spotlight on them? Is there a reason for that? I think for the most part, they want to get to the end of it. Like a lot of that kind of adrenaline and excitement and energy and nervous energy is built up and it tends to make us talk faster. And a lot of people do just want to get it over with. Um, I think in terms of the rate of delivery, once your speech is clear, I think you can somewhat get away with it. So think 
it's important to to pause because it's really in the pause that we're going to take in what you're saying because it can be equally as distracting for i don't know if you've kind of ever heard somebody where every word is almost too slow and that's actually quite hard to take in and um, but in terms of going too fast, yes, slow it down. But the big thing I would advise people is more to really take your time to actually pause. And whether you need to, people often think, oh, well, I don't need to take a breath. But it's not all about taking a breath. It's just taking that breather. And sometimes when you feel yourself gathering that pace, when you stop, you can just feel like that moment of actually like a little break, a little rest inside, you know, that nervous tension that you might feel in your chest or your stomach kind of subsides for a second. So that's what I would kind of advise people to do is to really, I'm always talking about pause and I almost take it for granted now, but it is something that's so important for people to not be afraid, you know, not to shy away from, from pausing because it, the benefits are for the speaker, obviously for them to relax, to take a breath if needed. And then of course, for your listener, because that's when they're absorbing what you've actually what you've actually said. OK, so pausing and pacing important for your delivery, for the audience's appreciation of the message that you're trying to convey. What else can you do in order to mitigate the level of nerves that you feel other than pausing and, and pacing? I presume preparation of the speech in advance would be something that would give you confidence and reduce your nerves, too. Yeah, certainly. So in an ideal world, you would have a kind of a voice routine. And um, so in in a voice routine, it kind of has three parts. You've got relaxation of the body. You have breathing exercises and resonance or tone exercises. And um, so that's kind of how our voice actually will sound when it comes out. And um, so that's in an ideal world, you're going to spend a little bit of time um, doing a couple of exercises every day, like just to take about five minutes. So you would work on that and then have maybe a little tiny version of that that you can do before you actually speak. So, for example, something that I kind of always advise people to do um, almost before they get up um, to speak is to just even do a little kind of a shoulder roll because we carry so much um, tension in our shoulders. And if you have like a lot of that kind of um, nervous energy, give your hands a shake out, shake out that nervous energy um, and also view that nervous energy to change your perspective on what that feels. So think of that as excitement because it's kind of the same feeling that nervous energy and excitement is the same feeling. And then also thinking about your breathing. A lot of people get really caught up in the idea of taking a big breath in but actually, we all just need to kind of actually take a breath out sometimes just to exhale. And it's the exhalation that actually really relaxes us. So to focus very much on the exhalation, the out breath. Um, and you can do that just even as you are walking up to speak. You know, we're just taking three breaths, um, three nice deep breaths and especially long exhalations before you actually speak. It's a very physical approach, really, that you're taking in order to help people reduce those anxiety levels. Does this same practice, does this apply to, let's say, somebody who is going to a job interview and giving a speech at a wedding or giving a work presentation? Is it the same regardless? 
Um, yeah, because the, they're the kind of the fundamentals. So they're the stepping stones to just looking after your voice in general for keeping your voice feeling and sounding relaxed and comfortable. And that's really the aim. If our voice feels relaxed and it feels comfortable, it'll sound comfortable. So really, we should all be doing these exercises to really, I suppose, as well, to prolong our voice, to keep it sounding kind of um, youthful and relaxed. It's really possible to do that. It's like if you consider you know the muscles of our throat like any other muscles they need to be stretched um and actually stretching the muscles of our throat really um takes out that tension you know a tense voice you can hear tension in a voice and a great tip to relieve tension in your throat muscles is a yawn like a really unstifled go for it yawn and it's the only way that you actually stretch out your throat muscles and the next time like try it and you actually can feel the muscles of your throat stretching um so yeah so for whatever the speaking situation is whether you're presenting um whether you're going for a job interview um you know any sort of social um speaking situation these exercises i would advise everyone when you're using your voice you're looking at your relaxation your physical um, posture your breathing and the resonance or tone of your voice and it just keeps your voice feeling and sounding relaxed which is the aim really so once you've done all of those particular exercises to warm up your voice and keep yourself nice and relaxed during your delivery, the speech that you're giving or the presentation that you're giving, is it best to work off a script or bullet points or a combination of both? What I would say is some people like to have a full script. They just like it. Some people are ground of bullet points. When it comes to the full script, what I would ask people to do and advise them is be so familiar with it and then trust yourself that you know your stuff, like you're speaking about something that you know inside out or you should do, you know, this is, you're talking about something that you're an expert on, you know, really well. So trust yourself to move away from the script. It's always there for you to come back to. And if you lose your spot, that's okay. Like, don't worry about it, but don't turn it into, um, you know, this crutch that you are just staring at this script or staring at your slides. So, um, yeah, I'm kind of like, I, I, I feel that I, I advise people to do what they're comfortable with because I know some people do really like to have their full script. Um, but I kind of have a phrase of ditch the script um, because I've noticed sometimes people, even when they're ad-libbing, adding something, they're actually still looking at their slides, even though they're like ad-libbing. So just be, just be, trust yourself that you know your stuff. And if you lose, you know, your train of thought, it's there, you can go back to it. You know, no one will even notice that you've, you know, you've paused for like three seconds, um, you know, and then there are people who are very comfortable with bullet points. Um, so I, I think whatever, try, try the two and see what, what works for you. Um, but I certainly wouldn't be, you know, against necessarily having a full script once you're not um, just reading it word for word. That's the most important thing. Looking up, engaging your listeners, trusting, you know, your stuff, but my script is there if I need it. So that's kind of what I would advise people. Looking at your website, uh, articulate.ie, I know you do a lot of in-house work and you also deal with people on a one-to-one -one basis. What are the, the major mistakes that people seem to make in each of those fields? If it comes to, let's say, a work environment, I know you deal with people who speak in an educational environment too, so they're probably dealing with much larger groups of people. So are there some mistakes that people make with bigger groups of people that they address as opposed to, let's say, a one-on-one -on -one kind of situation? 
situation? Yeah, interesting. So one of the, um, with a larger group of people, people are afraid to look up and out. That would be one of the first things. So they're afraid of this crowd in front of them. So they'll either just look at their slides or they'll look down. That's a big thing. Um, so what I always advise people to do is to kind of just choose a couple of people. Um, and particularly if you can find somebody in the audience who maybe is giving you back something a little bit, that can be really, really helpful. And I always try to do that myself. Um, I Like if I'm in any kind of a speaking situation or if I'm watching somebody, I don't know if you ever do this, I always try to kind of give them something because I think it's, you know, it's it just helpful. And you can see even the, in their eyes that they're sort of almost grateful for that. And it's, and I do think it's a two-way kind of situation. Um, but yeah, that's the big thing is for a, a group situation. And um, also, if you're speaking to a large crowd, um, if you don't have, um, if you're not mic'd, a big thing would be looking after your voice. So when you were talking about educational kind of um, situations, like a lot of teachers, for example, um, would have a lot of issues with vocal strain. So that would be where it's really important for them now to be doing their kind of their exercises. Um, and then with um, on a one to one, um, people can often have an issue like if they're speaking to somebody who's more senior to them. Again, it comes back to this imposter syndrome. They're worrying that the other person is thinking badly of them or judging them or and that makes them nervous, maybe because they're in a more senior role. So that's kind of something that um, that would come up a lot um, as well. Um, and just also, I think, uh, realizing that, um, like, staying kind of relaxed and uh, realizing, you know, I was going to say kind of about eye contact, because um, people talk about that quite a lot now. But my opinion when it comes to that now is we kind of know, kind of coming back to, you know, what I was saying about there's so many diverse ways of communicating. I think, you know, I, I remember when I would be talking about and learning about listening skills, it was about you must make eye contact because that's showing that you're actually listening. But like we know now that, you know, there's a lot of people who it's not comfortable for them to do that. They can't, they won't. That has no impact or bearing on whether they're actually listening to you or not. So um, in a lot of cases like that, particularly people working in a one-to-one, -one, it's kind of just making them realize that the way that you, commun you communicate, there's nothing really fundamentally wrong with that. You know, so let's kind of find your confidence and bring that out. So find elements of your personality that we can bring out and not being afraid to do that. Yes, let's focus on a few skills like, yeah, maybe you're mumbling and we'll take a look at that. And um, maybe you are speaking too fast or um, maybe you are, you could add a little bit more variety to your voice. But fundamentally, let's, you know, un, kind of unleash that confidence um, in yourself and your personality. That's what's really important. The people believe in themselves, you know, that's like kind of central to a lot of my work now. It has evolved that way over time. You were talking there about eye contact. So I was thinking then about body language, how important is how you carry yourself when you're delivering your message, be it to one person or a thousand people. Yes. So I kind of when it comes to body language, I'll approach it, first of all, from ourselves. So again, coming back to this idea of posture and relaxation, if we think of kind of an open, confident posture, so kind of not closing ourselves in, not crossing our arms, that kind of thing with our shoulders kind of just nice and relaxed. I tend to look at that from the benefit, the, the perspective of the benefit that it has for the speaker. When we are open and relaxed, it means that all the processes involved of using our voice 
can work, can happen at their best. Um, and also, um, I'm a fan of Amy Cuddy and this kind of power posture. Um, and not so much about the fake it till you make it, but just that idea that, you know, when we are standing with an open posture, we do feel stronger, more confident. Um, and that then just projects that image of confidence to other people. Um, and when we're confident, or confident in ourselves, people are, I suppose it builds a trust with people. So if we are um, trying to influence, convince, share, information with people you know when people sense that we're confident in ourselves they sense that we're confident in what we're saying of course our message is going to get across in a better way and um, but i always approach things from you know the benefit or what it can do for us so starting it's always we always start with us as a speaker rather than necessarily and what that's you know going to project because the other thing is we can never control what other people think about us anyway. So that's the big thing, you know, or what their perception of us of us is. So it's about what we can do for ourselves. You were talking about confidence there. I think yesterday was National Confidence Day. So it's just a coincidence that I'm talking to you today. We were also talking there about giving presentations to people and the audience feeling comfortable with the presenter and how they were speaking. What I find is that if somebody is giving a speech and they're doing it poorly, I feel more uncomfortable on their behalf. So I want them to deliver their speech well. I, I want them to have more confidence because then everybody in the room feels better whereas if somebody is constantly tripping up and they're making mistakes and they're feeling nervous and you can sense their nerves you start to get nervous yourself for them yes definitely and um, and the problem there is that's a very empathetic approach that you have your response is and i would be the same the problem is that a lot of people would switch off and just not take in what's being said or just disregard what's being said. So that can be, you know, an issue there. So not everyone will be kind of as understanding, you know, and empathize with how nervous they feel. So that's why it's our job to put ourselves in the best position. So to kind of eliminate that. So you know, obviously we can't control what they're taking in, what information they're taking in, but we can definitely prepare ourselves so that we're getting the message across in the best way. And we're getting ourselves across in the best way so that that message actually gets across that we need to share um, and that we need to impart to them. If somebody's listening to this and uh, they want to avail of your expertise, uh, your website, as I said, is articulate.ie. If they want to glean some advice from you, uh, what can you do for them? So I help people to be brilliant speakers. So looking at every aspect of how they communicate. So talking about kind of the physical aspects, how their voice is used, down to how to prepare the speech, how to prepare the presentation, looking at specific skills, how do you modulate and add variety to your voice? How does the process of breathing work to support your voice? And how can we use emphasis in a subtle or a dramatic way? So I can help people if they're in meetings, if they're giving presentations, any speaking situation, generally in, in a work environment. That's what I, I, who I tend to work with. And I think at the, you know, at the, the core of my work is being authentic and real to yourself, you know, and because your voice is is really very much a part of your, your personality. You know, we all have our own idiolect, which is our own way of speaking that's really unique to us. So it's about definitely celebrating that and not about changing that in any way. 
but looking at um, some areas that we can tweak and improve if need be. And then also just enhancing your natural personality so that you're not afraid to share it through your voice. Mm. So that's kind of key to my work. And of course, we are all human beings and we're all about communication and uh, passing messages and stories from one person to another person. And, and I think now with the advent of Zoom, which I'm using at the moment to conduct this interview, we are using modern technology to communicate with people all over the world. So the skills that you teach people that they can use on a one-to-one basis are in-house. They can also use online to connect with people everywhere. Yeah, exactly. That's, you know, that is the beauty of, I suppose, um, yeah, modern technology that we can do that. And I I can work myself then with people, you know, all over the world, which is brilliant. Um, and it's, you know, it's obviously a kind of a very kind of different setup and there is some kind of different skills. And, you know, I, I think we're all kind of glad to kind of get back into that idea of working kind of face to face as well. But yeah, there are like different skills of working, you know, whether you're face to face and one to one or whether you're in a, a group situation giving a presentation or yeah, like an online kind of a situation. Well, there you are. Lots of great advice from Emma Cougar. Let me give you her website again. It's articulate.ie if you're looking uh, to glean some expertise from Emma on how you can become a more confident speaker. Emma, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me on the Happy Habit podcast today. Thank you so much, Matthew. I really enjoyed it. (music) 